UVA okay. football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I want to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. back everyone to the guys and guys pod this is dustin i've got rob on the google meet uh we are it's been a while you know we've been we've been absent for a couple months and you know we we didn't record after the the shooting just because we didn't feel it was right to do so and then our schedules just got super crazy rob in grad school of course smart guy doing lots of good big things and I just, you know, I've, I was traveling for the holidays, so couldn't couldn't make it work. But we're back here to talk some hoops. Big win last night against UNC. It's uh, Wednesday, the eleventh. It's around seven forty-five. So, if anything big happens after this, that's the reason why we're not talking about it. <laughs> but Rob, how you doing? What's up with you? How's school going? All that good stuff. Yeah, no, it's good to be back, um, back on the pod, back on school too. First week of classes are this week, so it'll be a busy, busy time here until spring break. But then hopefully we can start to relax and breathe a sigh of relief uh, after that. But I will say it was a blast last night watching the UVA Carolina game, and I'm slowly like picking up on some Carolina things, like you know starting to get to the point where maybe I can cheer for Carolina when they're not playing UVA. I still struggle with that, but believe me, I was all orange and blue last night and yeah, they made me proud, man. The only UVA guy in the bar, it could have been bad, but it was good to come out with a win. What was your experience in the, in enemy territory with uh, UVA gear on watching, watching the game? You know, I try to be respectful. Like, you know, I go out, I have a hat on, like I'm wearing a shirt, but I have a jacket over it. Like, uh-huh. I don't I don't want to be too out of the open, but went to our favorite establishment, uh, Pantana Bob's, which is very much the NBA bar here in Chapel okay. Hill. Um, and yeah, you know, it was a good time. Everyone just gathered around. Nothing, nothing crazy. I think, you know, as sad as it may seem, I think UVA thinks of Carolina as more of a rival than Carolina thinks of UVA as a rival. Just because Carolina also has Duke and NC State, and to an extent Wake Forest, all right beside them, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, I'll be honest, it's kind of cool getting, like, the ACC perspective from another school down here. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of similarities and how we view the world and the conference, but also some differences as well. So it's been a good time, but, you know, I was just happy UVA won, man. Yeah. <laughs> Especially towards the end, the run they went on with the Reese Beekman dunk and then the Vanderplas dunk and steal mm-hmm. that felt good, dude. I didn't felt like that in a while. Well, it it kind of broke this, and you know we we still had scoring droughts in this game, but in the recent games, especially against Pitt and Miami, and even Houston too, there were scoring droughts where we really had a tough time getting the ball in the hoop 
at all. And, you know, I think it was against Syracuse maybe where we didn't score for like, it was like six minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, which is too long. And so this team has had problems with scoring the basket or scoring the basketball at a normal clip. Um, yeah, Syracuse went on a 13-0 run. So, yeah, just a tough, some tough runs for the opponents right now. And, you know, Virginia's had a tough time with that. That's been the main reason that this team has three losses right now is because the offense has, it just like turns off at some time, which is weird because against it, Against Carolina, you could see it against Carolina in the very beginning. We kind of took it to them. You saw Reese get seven early points. Um, we couldn't hit any threes, but we were driving the ball aggressively, getting in the paint. Of course, Baycott goes out early. And then after a while, we just kind of stopped. You know, Carolina's uh, freshman big man comes in, starts to. I, and I don't even feel like he did anything defensively, really. He was just kind of more offense. But yeah, for some reason, we just stopped doing what we were doing before. And we still weren't hitting shots from outside. It's just frustrating to see the team go up and down so much. Uh, Not just over the season, but from game in game, you know, how they switch it on and off. I, I agree. And I think part of it is just because this team really is inconsistent in every, uh, in every really sense of the word. And you know, you talk about shooting. We were lucky Vanderplas and McNeely had good games, or at least Vanderplas mm-hmm. had a good half. He finished for three from seven for three. McNeely finished three for four from, from three. That last three-pointer McNeely hit was awesome. That was really yeah. cool. Hand in space, shot clock winded down. So it's good we got contributions from those guys. But if you look at our starters, uh, Reese Beekman from three-point land was over for 2. Armand Franklin was over for 5. And Kihei mm-hmm. Clark was over for 1. So our starters were 0 for 8 from 3. So it's hard, you know, and we had to go back and kind of tweak with lineups a little bit. Um, and you made a good point in that maybe our plans kind of changed when Baycott got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it definitely was an easy game. It was a hard-fought game, but you saw kind of the good and the bad of UVA. The lack of shooting, I think the, at times, inconsistency and in scoring points in the paint. You know, Shedrick struggled to an extent last night. Gardner only played 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. Vanderplas, he played 27 minutes. But, you know, his, his contribution was from the outside. And, you know, getting to a bigger picture here, I was really excited about Vanderplas coming in because I thought he could bring an element driving towards the hoop. You know, you knew he had the shot that he was able to stretch the ball from three. And that was so important in the game last night. But I was really hoping to see him driving and attacking the basket a bit more. And we haven't really seen that. And the clip that we were getting to the free throw line uh, so early in the season, you know, it's fallen off a little bit. Also uh, struggled from the free throw line last night, hitting 11 of 19 shots. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you kind of go back and forth. And I feel like we've kind of settled a little bit into who this team is. Um, And I think this team is, you know, not to not to use the same line, but largely who we thought they were kind of like middle middle of the pack, you know, top 25 team, maybe not a top 10 team, but the potential when we're really hitting shots to do a lot of damage. Um, So I feel like we're kind of settling into our own, but you definitely saw some of the good 
some of the bad, a lot of the good, admittedly, against Carolina, but there's just inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a good word for this team is inconsistent. And it's not just on the offense, it's on defense too. There's a lot of inconsistencies on both ends of the floor. Like if you go back to the game against Pitt, there's a lot of inconsistency, especially on the defensive end where we kind of let them take over the inside of the of the paint and they took it to us in the second half. Pitt goes on a 19 to three run in the second half to take the lead. And we kind of never looked back from that. I, I can't really, there's not too many games where UVA's up big at halftime, but we were up 10 points and, and then the other team comes back and, and wins, you know, we, we lost by three. So we, we had a chance at the end to, make it close but you know th- this the de- defensively it was it was tough and there was some weird things going on in that game too like um Pitt's big man really was doing a number on us and Tony was not putting Caden back in Caden only had uh Caden had 27 minutes in that game but a lot of it was Ben Vanderplas who did not have a game in that game offensively or defensively he had two points uh, one rebound, but wasn't wasn't able to contain um, Federico Federico, who had uh, fourteen points. Oh, sorry, he had eight points on some really good really good shots with eleven rebounds. He had six offensive rebounds in that game. So I think I think that this team's good. I think they're really good. I think that they're still trying to figure out what who they are really and i think that they struggle with offense when the shots are not falling from the outside which you could say is true about a lot of teams but i think especially for this team they really rely on that outside shot to open up the middle a lot more no i totally agree with that and again you kind of saw the good and the bad last night against carolina when i mean uva started that game with a pretty nice little lead there as nice as you can hope for against a team like Carolina in a situation Mm -hmm. in a setting like that. And they kind of saw it wither away. You know, there was a little bit of on-ball pressure from Carolina. Virginia was missing shots and it's not like Carolina necessarily exploded to some big lead, but yeah, when you're right, when you're not hitting the outside shots, you can kind of fall behind. Um, But then you saw the good with that too, with McNeely and with uh, Vanderplas and their ability to create shots. And a lot of that was driven also off of steals and fast break points as well, which is exciting to see. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to circle back to the big man, because I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Is, you know, how, how do we solve the consistency at the four and the five? Or can we? And is the skill set we have with Shedrick at the five and then the ability of Vanderplas and Gardner to play multiple positions, at least the four and the five, and play together – is that dynamic? Do you think that's just gonna that's just gonna be how we approach different teams? They're gonna be somewhat of a Swiss Army knife in the sense that they're not like it's gonna be hard to get into a rhythm there. Or do you think there is a rhythm that can be established with those three rotating? No, I I think it's I think it's really interesting because you've got Vanderplas who can play the four. Really, he's like a he's a stretch four, and he's just kind of a small four too. Like he's not super big, kind of like Jaden. He and Jaden are pretty similar in size. Ben is taller, Jaden's uh, a little bit stronger. 
I think. But Caden, you know, Caden's really the center that we we need for a defense like this. Yeah, he's six eleven. He's put on a lot. It looked like he put on a lot of weight this off season. But we're seeing a lot of inconsistent. We keep saying the word inconsistent, but <laughs> but you know he he hasn't been doing things that people probably thought he would. He hasn't been um, nearly the offensive presence that he was last year. Especially you, you think back to the game like Duke when we won at Cameron Indoor, mm-hmm. and Caden was dominating inside, catching lobs, rolling to the basket, diving to the basket. Uh, good hands this year you just you're not seeing it nearly as much i mean kihei's found him for some really good dunks this season but it's too few and far in between and depending on the game you know like he only played 18 minutes last night against a team that was without their two best big men which and that's concerning to me is because he wasn't able to take advantage of a freshman who had played eight, uh, what is it, like 22 minutes the whole season, 21 minutes the whole season up until that point. And then, uh, and then their small guy, like Justin McCoy, that he wasn't, Tony didn't feel like that was a good matchup, him on Justin McCoy, which is weird if you think about it. He's got five inches on McCoy and seems to have way more skill than him. So it's, it's confusing because, it almost feels like he's not in the game. And then he's been making all these fouls. You know, he's, he doesn't he's seem beat to be, up too. Yeah. He's got, he's getting elbowed in the face all the time. He, he just doesn't seem like he's put this. He doesn't seem like he's made the leap that a lot of people might've thought he would over the off season. Yeah, I feel that. And I think it's tough on him too, because Kafaro also, you know, I think, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I would guess Kafaro played more last season than he has this season. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Kafaro has really struggled. And excuse me, it's Kafaro. Kafaro. Yeah, Kafaro. However you say it. Yeah. Kafaro. I feel bad for him. It took four or five years to well, get that pronunciation well, right. He didn't tell. He didn't tell anyone. That's yeah. That's not on us. He he said the pronunciation was Kafaro, and now it's Kafaro, and he did it right after. Argentina won the World Cup. So I think it had something to do with national pride. Um, but yeah, I just say Poppy. Poppy's a lot yeah, easier. Yeah, exactly. Poppy has not changed. The nickname hasn't changed. Exactly. It's not Pappy. It's Poppy. <laughs> it's Poppy. Anyway. But yeah, well, I mean, sh- there's a lot on Shedrick's shoulders. And if we want to play with the traditional five, it's got to be Shedrick. And, you know, I think at times, I don't want to say durability is a concern, but he's gotten beat up. And, you know, you hate to see that from your five man. Ideally, the five man is dishing the pain, not not taking it. Um, and I love, I mean, I have, will actually say, I think the Gardner-Vanderplas combo when they play together has worked a lot better than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, they're like you said, they're still both kind of small. Gardner is 6'6", six, six, Vanderplas is 6'8". Vanderplas obviously has more of an outside shot. Gardner's physical. Uh, his mid-range game isn't quite what it was last year. You know, he's kind of had a couple down games, I would say now, only 15 minutes last night. Again, UNC with the backup big men, you would have thought that would have been an opportunity for Gardner to get a little bit more involved. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they provide versatility depending on the matchup, which I think is always good. And that's another thing with Tony Bennett teams is traditionally, you know, Tony Bennett responds to the matchups that the other team 
puts out as opposed mm-hmm. to him dictating the matchups on his end. So I think we do have versatility in the front court. But, yeah, I would like to see a little bit more consistency out of them. Uh, I think that would go a long way to helping this team kind of really get more balanced. Because I think the shooting, you know, I think it's going to be hard for us to say we're going to become like an elite shooting team. Or I think we're a pretty good shooting team right now, but that mm-hmm. can vary between below average and amazing, depending on, yeah. you know, whether or not Armand Franklin is hitting his shot. Yeah. So, you know, we're just trying to find balance in the roster. And we saw it for the most part in the second half against Carolina last night. But, you know, you want to see that more frequently. Yeah, and I want to go back to what you're saying about uh, Tony lineup matchups and the matchups that he puts in the lineups because you're right over the past, you know, whatever, 13 years that Tony Bennett's been the coach, 14 years, he he really does not – he responds to other coaches and what they do. He does not usually dictate the game with his lineup. But that changed last night, and it was probably one of the few times I've seen Tony dictate the lineup and made the other team switch what they were doing because he went small in the second half. Uh, Maybe one of the smallest lineups I've ever seen on a UVA team where Ben Vanderplas was the five. Armand Franklin, I think, was playing the four because he had a couple of um, fouls that he drew in the paint. And... Yeah, we had Isaac. I guess Isaac was the three, or Reese was the three. Unclear. We were just, there's a lot of. We had four guards and Ben Vanderplas, who's six eight. Yeah, six eight is not super small, but he's not big or, or super strong like a lot of you know, centers like that are. So we went very small, had those guards spread out the floor, and it worked. Uh, Carolina had to respond. They had to take out their big men. Carolina then went really small as well. And we were better than them in with that lineup. So that that's really when the tide turned with this game is when Tony dictated the game. And I, I think that's – I can't remember another time where he's done that and changed his lineup so drastically, benched the starting centers, or benched the five and a four, and made a backup four play the five for most of the game. Yeah, no, that's a great point you bring up. I will say Vanderplas is, yeah, technically doesn't start, but he plays starter-ish minutes most yeah. games, uh, depending on the matchup. Another thing I want to touch on here, and this is less uh, less Carolina-specific, but we haven't done a podcast really since early in the season. Mm-hmm. And I remember the talk. We talked about this. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of people on the message boards and Twitter have talked about this over the past two years, is the pairing of Kihei and Reese. Yeah. I think it's worked pretty well this year. Well, I think Reese is healthy mm -hmm. and I think he's coming into his own and we saw a little bit more explosion last night. Hopefully it'll come back more, but I think when we're seeing Reese being a true on ball point guard, I'm pretty happy with the results. And that was the thing that I was scared about coming into this season, but so far it hasn't been too much of a concern. Yeah. And their roles have changed, you know, because Reese is playing, uh, Reese can bring the ball up. Kihei can bring the ball up, and it seems like they don't really care who it is. Last year, it was like Kihei's going to bring the ball up, and that's what it seems like most of the time. And then, you know, Reese's last year was not really a shooting guard. He he was still a point guard. He's a distributor. This year, we see Reese 
as a true scoring threat, really, anytime he touches the ball. And he's been injured since the Michigan game. But he, you saw a little bit last night against Carolina, he's got his bounce back just a little bit. He had a couple of really good steals, some dunks. Uh, he was able to do some athletic finishes in the paint around defenders. So it seems like his hammy is healing up a little bit, which is great. And Kihei, he, Kihei's this year, it doesn't seem like he's looking to score as much. There's definitely been games where Kihei stepped up to where we need him to be, to be a scorer. But, you know, he is not trying to score as much as he usually is in the past. And he's been distributing the ball at a very elite level this season. A couple of weeks, I, d- I haven't looked at the stats recently, but I know a couple of weeks ago, he was the assist leader in the ACC. And I, that, that was against Pitt, I think, uh, where he was uh, the assist leader in the ACC. So it's stuff like that where, you know, they are changing uh, what they're doing in order to best fit the offense. Reese is an elite scorer, can distribute the ball as well. Kihei is fine playing off the ball and being more of a passer to get those assists or hockey assists, stuff like that. Definitely. And we've talked about this a lot, but Kihei was Kihei had been put in a lot of unfair situations over the course of his career. And I think yeah. where he excelled on the championship team, excuse me, team. the championship team, yeah, yeah <laughs> late at night for me these days, um, <laughs> is, you know, as a complimentary player. He was someone that when you put him on the court, he unlocked the potential of other guys. Mm-hmm. And when we really struggled to score a lot over the past two years in particular, um, and even the year after the championship, a lot was put on Kihei's shoulders, and maybe unfairly so. And I think that's when we see would see him force things and drive in, and no one likes seeing it, but him getting swatted at the rim in the closing seconds. And I think this year the pressure's really been taken off of him, and I think Reese's development has been a huge part. You know, I think the one area Reese can still work on is maybe shooting off the dribble, but mm-hmm. as far as a catch-and-shoot player – He's really good. And that was an element that he didn't have in his game last year. And I think as of his his explosiveness comes back, we're going to see him more attacking the rim like he did earlier in the season. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily like the most jaw-dropping athletic play in the world, but seeing him drive by in the paint for that dunk in the closing seconds against Carolina, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was fun, man. And that's just a flash of, you know, where I think he's heading. And, you know, hopefully give it another month. He'll be back to full strength. That's the hope, at least. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, um, right now, Kihei, I just looked it up. Kihei does lead the ACC in assists. He has, um, He's at six assists per game, which is really good, and he's at 2.2 turnovers per game. So it's like a, a three, a little bit less than three assist turnover ratio, which is great. Reese is actually top five as well. He's number four. He's at five assists per game that uh, in the ACC or just across the season, but in the ACC, he is right there. So it's really incredible what they're doing together because they're able to be on the floor at the same time, do kind of the same thing, but have totally completely different roles uh, and it's really credit to Reese and what he's been able to do 
in the off season with his hunting the basket, getting to the basket, using his body to draw fouls, but also his shooting has really improved. Reese first on the team right now with a hot 47% from deep. Uh, Kihei not far behind at 40%, and Isaac also at around 40%. So we've got some shooters on this team. It's just kind of the inconsistencies that we've been talking about all pod that have led us to lose these games that honestly, they sting a little bit. The pit one really stings. Miami stings only because that would have been a really good win. And Houston was a good opportunity to just kind of, you know, be the top dog in the college basketball world for, for a moment in time. But such is life. And real quick point on McNeely, 40% from three. He's also second on the team in three-point attempts. Armand mm-hmm. Franklin has shot 75. McNeely has shot 62. So you like to see that high percentage also on a good volume. And mm-hmm. Reese Beekman, his 47% is on 34 attempts. So he's taken about half of what Franklin and McNeely have hit. And yeah. a lot of them have been just catch and shoot. And that's honestly, it's a great thing to be able to do because – We've really needed a lot of the big baskets Reese has had this season. Yeah, and that that's what we need. That's what we need is Reese is able to do that because last year he wasn't shooting that's he wasn't shooting those shots. He might pump fake and then try and dribble in and pass it out. But his confidence this year has gotten so much better, and it's really impressive what he's been able to do. I, I can say the same for, uh, you know, McNeely even McNeely over the course of the season, you we have seen McNeely grow into a player that is, you know, usually he's the second off the bench behind Vanderplas. But Tony trusts him. You know, Tony had him at the end of the game and a lot of these important games over people, you know, against Miami. Uh, McNeely was in over Armand. Uh, against North Carolina, McNeely was in over Caden or Jaden. So it's really incredible the the confidence you see this freshman have over the course of what is it a couple couple months since November, right? Since That's we right. saw him, since we saw him in the first game against North Carolina Central, where he had he hit one three, he was one of four. And now he's catching the ball a couple feet behind the top of the key and no hesitation, just shooting it. Kind of like what Tony said, uh, or the, the announcer said that Tony told him this. He, he told McNeely to take off the parking brake. Yeah. Really, <laughs> re- really, McNeely just has a green light to shoot basically whenever he wants. So uh, pretty impressive from a freshman to let Tony tell him something like that. Yeah, and I know Danny Neckel has been putting the stats out over the past couple of days on the three-point shooting by freshmen, but it is amazing. Like, you don't really think of it, and maybe it's because this team isn't as flashy or, you know, the hype around the program maybe isn't as much as it was a couple of years ago when Virginia was really on the rise before they had won the championship. But to think Joe Harris and Kyle Guy all had very similar three-point shooting statistics as McNeely through this point in the season of their freshman year. I mean, it goes to show how good this guy really is. And Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, I think uh, speaking for myself a little bit, even 
I can overlook McNeely at times just mm-hmm. because we have veteran players on this team. Like, you know, that's a storyline that was played up earlier in the season, but for as, you know, for the expectations that maybe UVA fans had over the past couple of seasons, and maybe those expectations weren't quite met, there was still pretty veteran rosters at time. And this roster, as we know, is very similar to the roster last year, just with a couple of additions, McNeely being one of them. And I mm-hmm. love seeing him get worked in. It reminds me a lot of how Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome were worked in um, in that 2017-2018 team. Or excuse me, 20. Did I get that right? God, it's been so long. 2016-17 team. Yeah. It reminds me how they got worked in and a somewhat veteran roster. So I think it's great for the future of the program. Man, I mean, you know, Dunn is kind of hit or miss at this point. You know, mm-hmm. he played one minute last night, but we've seen some really good flashes. I know the freshmen that are redshirting this year are going to – I'm excited for that too. Getting the transfer as well midseason is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm excited about where we are as a program right now. And I think, you know, heading into the back half of the ACC schedule, this is kind of where we see Tony Bennett teams start to lock in. You know, they oftentimes will see struggles early in the season, uh, whether that's an unexpected road loss uh, or whatever it may be. But, you know, if history is any indication, UVA pretty much locks in from mid to late January through the rest of the season. So I think we're seeing pieces like McNeely start to emerge that does make you really excited about, yeah, this team may be inconsistent, but it does make you excited that if, if shots are falling, can win some big games. You mentioned the freshmen and especially the ones sitting right now, uh, Trout, Isaac Trout, and uh, Leon Bond redshirting this season. Uh, pretty not not uncommon for Tony Bennett to sit freshmen. You know, think about to the last really highly recruited class that he had. He also sat to probably the most tantalizing freshmen we've ever had in Jay Huff and DeAndre Hunter, you know, both sat that season out. And same thing here. Isaac Trout, a lot of people thought he might be the best and best freshman on that on that squad sitting out the season. You know, Leon Bond, uh, a lot of skill sitting out the season. So it's good that, you know, even though they're on the bench, and Ryan Dunn's been on the bench a lot lately too, especially as ACC season has really picked up. Um, they're not just you know sitting there, uh, just doing anything. They are they're up. They're some of the first ones off the bench when people score. They are uh, congratulating people in the huddle, that timeouts. They seem really invested too, which is a good sign. You know, you think back to a couple of years ago when we had Jabri Abdur Rahim, and there's a famous uh, picture of him after Reese hits the game-winning shot against Syracuse. In the ACC tournament, uh, Jabri is sitting on the bench while everyone else is kind of jumping up to go congratulate him. So different mindset for sure for these freshmen. And it seems like, I, I don't know, I think there's a chance they all stay. There's always a chance that people leave, especially in this new era of tra- everyone transferring and NIL deals and all that kind of stuff. But at this point, it seems like they're all pretty locked in and I'm, I'm hopeful that we can keep the core together over the next couple of seasons. That's where it's going to get really exciting too. And just honestly, just think about what happens in practice and mm-hmm. you know, the practices aren't necessarily the most grueling once you get in season, but 
But now adding Dante Harris to the mix, mm-hmm. I mean, we Virginia has filled out all 13 of its scholarships on this roster. And we've gotten the rotation down to seven, eight occasionally. You know, that's typically how it goes on a Tony Bennett coach team. But there's a lot of depth. And just because they're only playing that many people doesn't mean that these guys aren't working in the background. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm excited for next year. And it's going to be a different team next year. There's five seniors. Three of them have will have exhausted their eligibility. Um, and Kihei Clark, Jaden Gardner, and Ben Vanderplas. Mm-hmm. Kafaro could come back for a sixth year, although I, without having any inside information, I'd be kind of surprised if he did. I'm not mm-hmm. sure where which way Franklin is leaning, honestly. He has his COVID year as well. Mm-hmm. But it makes you feel good knowing that you know, you have the depth on this team and there's opportunity for them next year. So hopefully that kind of keeps the core intact um, as we start to look ahead for the next, honestly, season or two. And I think at this point, especially if Reese keeps shooting like he is and playing defense like he is, does Reese test the waters in the offseason for the NBA? I would be, I think I would be surprised if he did not go seeing how nba teams feel about him and if he got a first round grade i think he would probably leave because that's just you know that's how it goes these days if you're guaranteed a first round not guaranteed but like if someone makes you a promise that they're going to draft you or or if you're if you're getting a first round grade from scouts a lot of people leave and i wouldn't be surprised if reese does does leave if he got one of those so you know we could potentially lose our entire starting five as well as our top backup and a center that we've had since the national championship team. So pretty (laughs) that's six players right there. That would be huge. I, you know, we didn't even lose six players after the championship. Well, did we, I I want to say we lost six or seven. We'd have to go back. We lost a lot. Ty Kyle and Dre went to the draft. We had some transfers I'd have to go back. I don't know it off the top yeah. of my head. But, Give me but, enough time. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but six, and that's not even counting some people who might transfer. You know, you think about maybe a Tane Murray who's not getting in as many minutes as maybe he would like off the bench. He He's a potential transfer, in in my opinion. Off, off If anyone on this team might transfer, I think it'd be Tane just because of his playing time. But yeah, I mean, right now this this team looks pretty good for the future, just because of the freshmen that we have, as well as the the uh, transfers coming in that we've been getting. So, I, you know, I'm excited for where this program's at, and and I'm just uh, you know thankful it's basketball season. I, it's so fun watching this team because last year last year's team was you know I love all the players, but they were frustrating because they just couldn't score to save their life. But this year, we can score the ball. Defense is exciting, and they're winning some big games. So it's 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 been fun. It's been fun so far. Yeah, and I mean, as we touch on everything here, just because we haven't done a podcast in like two months, <laughs> uh, well, that, what you just said killed me about last year, because I lived in Charlottesville last spring mm-hmm. for seven months. And man, I was so excited for basketball season. Yeah. Like actually being – you know, you kind of don't realize how good you have it as a student, like getting the front row tickets and not mm-hmm. realizing those costs hundreds and hundreds of dollars in the real world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was so fired up to be able to just be so close and go to games. But I'll tell you, man, I went to a couple games. So at times it was tough. You know, it, it wasn't made for TV action. Mm-hmm. And I think like coming full circle here, 
that's part of the reason I loved what happened last night against UNC is it was a big game. Carolina might not have been ranked. It might not have been a top 10 matchup per se, but I think everyone knows UVA Carolina ACC clash is a big game. And this team showed a lot of resiliency. You know, they kind of got ahead, then got down, battled back before halftime, then got down a little bit at the beginning of the second half, and then really took the game over. And I was just, I was really happy with how the guys fought and the mental toughness they showed because that's not easy. Even against a Carolina team without Baycott, you know, it's not easy to win big games like that. And I think this Mm -hmm. team has shown that they can. Now the next step is going to be, all right, now that we know Baylor and Illinois maybe aren't as good as we thought they were, can they do it against the actual top five teams at the end of the season? Mm -hmm. I guess that's still to be determined, but I think this was, if you want to call it second tier, if you will, in terms of that quality, I think this was a very, very good win. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, watching the game was really fun too. JPJ was, was packed last night. It was good to see the students really come out. You know, I don't, I don't think classes have started back up yet, but a lot of, a lot of students back there. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was good to have Dickie V on the call. I know he's not for everyone, but he's got a <laughs> he's got a place in my heart. And you know, we won't have him calling games forever, especially with his health. And every, he hasn't called games. I don't think he called many games last year at all, especially in the spring, where because he was having um treatment done for his cancer. Uh, so it's just good to you know, good to hear hear him on the call and and see the students and and see us come back to to win a, a really good game so i i'm i love this team really like it i think this team can go really far in the tournament you know it, who knows if we get hot at the right time if armand is is hitting like he like we know he can and reese gets completely healthy and and caden decides to you know just stand stand strong in the in the paint you know this this could be a really good team and there's a lot of basketball left to do we got uh how many games three six nine twelve we have 14 games left in the acc it's a lot of games i'm on kim palm right now so i'm gonna do some trivia for kim palm for you rob all right i'm not on kim palm these days okay we'll see how it goes man all right we are projected to lose just as a percentage wise well one game the rest of the season what game is that uh looking at the schedule i'd guess at carolina yes that is correct good job that as a we have a 45 percent chance of winning that game according to the stat master now the second game we're projected to win but it's close there's another game that uh, is very close to that at 51% chance to win. What game is that? Do you think at, at Virginia tech? Yeah. Good job. Yeah. I agree. I think those are going to be the two toughest games. Although I think I'm actually scared or more scared, more scared. There more we go. scared. <laughs> I'm more scared. Of, I'm a, I'm a history teacher, not an English teacher. I just want to remind y'all of that but i'm i think virginia tech is a scarier team than carolina and it i think they're scarier for this virginia team because of their personnel and because of just the 
awfulness of Castle Coliseum. So, uh, what game, Rob, are you looking forward to the rest of the season? What games? Selfishly, at Carolina, that's uh-huh. definitely a game I've I've had circled for some time. Um, but yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, the Virginia Tech games. Virginia Tech comes to Charlottesville next Wednesday, and then we play at Virginia Tech on February fourth, and then always the Duke game. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really know where the hatred for Duke originated, but it's been that way as long as I've been in school, as long as we've been in school. So yeah, Duke coming to Charlottesville February eleventh on a Saturday, four p.m. You know, maybe if we play our cards right and Duke wins a few more games, that could be a game day. We'll mm-hmm. see. Um, so yeah, those are the ones I'm looking forward to. And the ACC is strange this season. I think the ACC will kind of even out. It's still pretty early in the conference slate, about a fourth of the way through. Clemson uh, at 5-0 and currently as we record this, um, leads the league, followed by Miami and Pitt, both at 4-1. and Virginia's fourth at 4-2 and in conference. So, you know, I think everything will shake itself out a little bit. But the ACC is a little bit weird this year as far as just these matchups so you know maybe maybe clemson ends up being a better game than we thought that's the second mm-hmm. to last game to end the season uh tuesday february 28th um but yeah i think the blue butt blood matchups along with virginia tech rivalry um especially now that virginia tech you know i i respect the job they've done in blacksburg um you know it's not easy to win there that's very much a football school first even though they don't actually win that many football games anymore they, they, they're almost as bad as us <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah i respect the job they've done and glad it's turned into a nice little basketball rivalry uh, you know looking at clemson just speaking acc in general now clemson has not had an easy start to their acc schedule they've act- they've been pretty medium of the pack in the acc they have uh, they beat Wake Forest at home, and then they had three three out of the next four ACC games were away. They played Georgia Tech away, Virginia Tech away, and Pittsburgh away, won all those games. They also beat NC State at home. None of those teams are the exception of Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's not great, but the other teams are pretty good. Uh, you know, Pitt, Tech, and Wake Forest kind of all vying for ACC dominance or middle of the pack and probably all four of those teams are looking to get to the NCAA tournament this year. Um, Clemson is not a cupcake walk. We already, we know that. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't know if your wish is going to come true. I think Duke is not that good this year. Uh, They're currently losing to Pitt at home, um, which is, you know, whatever. I don't care about yeah, that. Yeah, Pitt's I, not the worst team either. No, I, you know that's what I was saying. You know, after we lost to Pitt and Miami in back to back or back to back ACC games, it was, you know, we our only two losses in the ACC were to the top two teams in the ACC, and that's changed since a couple games. But you know, n- neither of those teams are bad, and so I think that for a lot of people, it seems like the sky was falling a little bit, you know, we had lost three out of five and, but the three teams we lost to Houston, Miami and Pitt, not, not bad teams. I I think all three of them should probably make the tournament. And, uh, but yeah, a lot of basketball left. I'm excited for the rest of this ACC. It's going to be fun to watch. And 
yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I like this team a lot. I think they're going to be great. I'm really looking forward to seeing if they can get consistent enough to win six games in a row in March. Um, if they can do that, you know, who knows at this point. We'll learn a lot about this team over the next couple of weeks. Definitely. And I think these past two games have been a nice rebound for this team as well, because like you said, you know, losing two in a row, um, Houston, Miami, then dropping a tough one against Pitt, you know, you never kind of know how these teams are going to work out. And, you know, as much as we love the early season slate, and I think it provided a great test for this team, you know, Mm -hmm. again, maybe Baylor and Illinois aren't as great as we thought they were, but they were big games at the time. Michigan, again, not necessarily the best team in the world right now, but that was a big game. Same with Houston. You know, this team got tested and I know Tony Bennett loves to do that. And he loves to do it with teams that can handle it too. And teams that he think can take it and grow from it uh, even within the season, which is what ideally we're going to do with this team. So getting a nice win at Syracuse, I've always said Syracuse is kind of a wild card. You know, I have a hard time reading too much into anything that happens in that game, just because the zone is, so weird and unique, even though we face it every mm-hmm. year. Uh, but getting the one against Syracuse, getting a nice win against North Carolina, um, I think you got to feel better. You know, you can frame the win-loss schedules any way you look, but now we've won four of the past five heading into yeah. ACC play. So yeah. I feel like you got to feel pretty good about how this team is looking. And, you know, like we said earlier, if it's like t- Tony Bennett teams of old, they'll probably start to lock in pretty soon. And, make their hay kind of here in January and February. So excited to see what's ahead. Yeah. Our January schedule coming up. We are at Florida state on Saturday. We've got Virginia tech at home on Wednesday. We're at wake forest the next Saturday, Boston college at home the Saturday after that. So we've got a week off and then ending January with uh, playing at Syracuse. I think all of those are very winnable games. Uh, Toughest, Toughest one, I, you know, Florida State gave us a good game at home. They're not a bad team. They've they've lost a lot of games. Uh, I I never like playing Florida State. They're always athletic and they play tough defense, and they always give us a good game. So uh, that that'll be tough. Virginia Tech always a tough game, especially with the team that they currently have. And Wake Forest not a bad team this year. The, they've they've got some players. They can make some shots. So. You know, we'll we'll see we'll see especially those those next three games what what happens. Rob, any last words on the basketball season? Any any shout outs to give? No. Apologize to our listeners that this was such a hodgepodge of an episode. We had a lot we wanted to We're say. Kinda of all um, over the place. Yeah. So hopefully we touched on last season, this season so far, <laughs> what's to head. We touched um, on next season. Yeah, and the seasons to come. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, so it's been a fun episode. Glad to be back doing this with you. Uh, You know, we wanted to talk football a little bit. We're going to hold off talking football. I think we're pretty happy with where we are with basketball right now. So we're just going to let it ride and enjoy the season. And, you know, reason to sour the mood. Exactly. And, you know, maybe the pods aren't as frequent the past two months, but we're still here. We're still following. (laughs) Dustin, at least, is good tweeting. I haven't been good tweeting recently. But you're busy, you know, you gotta, you gotta impress uh, potential employers and contacts and you can't tweet about basketball all the time. Yeah. I'm much more on LinkedIn these days. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) You should do updates on LinkedIn. You know, currently watching the basketball game. (laughs) Go who's, I don't know how LinkedIn works. I don't have a LinkedIn. 
Yeah, I don't think it works that way, but who's to say it can't? <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. I, I do want to say um, the women's basketball team been playing really well. Yeah, good call. Of late. Um, they did, they lost, they got blown out by NC State, but NC State's a top 10 team, and that was their second road top 10 game in a row. They they lost uh, at Tech as well, Virginia Tech. So, but they've been playing great. Uh, Coach Mox has really got that team rolling. So it's exciting to see them. And they got a, speaking of recruiting, they got a good recruiting class coming in next year too. Some of the best players in the country from uh, from Charlottesville, uh, especially coming to UVA. So good to see them back. And, uh, you know, women's basketball was, before men's basketball was great, women's basketball was great at UVA. It was the Debbie Ryan era with, uh, you know, Don Staley and, and all those, all those great players. Uh, they were great to watch and it's been too long since they've been good. So good to have them back. Um, there's someone else. Uh, Ty, Ty Jerome playing great for the Warriors since Steph's absence. So hopefully he can get a, you know, guaranteed contract. I think he's still on his two way right now. So hopefully he proved enough to everyone. Trey, Trey Murphy's playing really well for the Pelicans. Um, yeah, that those are the two I, I've been keeping up with the most. I know DeAndre Hunter had a big dunk the other night. I'm I not, that. I don't follow the NBA as much, but that was nice on the end down, stealing that and dunking yeah. on the guy. I think Malcolm's doing average Malcolm things for the Celtics. That that'd be my guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it, pretty much, for NBA stuff. There's some other guys in the NBA, in the NBA but we're not going to go through them all. In any case, I think that's all from us. So thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with, as Rob said, hodgepodge of, of content and, and our scatterbrained minds. It's been a while since we've done the pod, so forgive us. We're, we're getting back into it. But thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and iTunes. If you want to keep listening to us, go ahead. Uh, Rob, I don't know if, if Rob is doing anything on the Instagram or Snapchat account. However, you can always give it a follow if you want. That is true. Um, <laughs> we miss doing this. Uh, we'll, we'll try and get some out more, more frequently. The every two months is not is too, too long. So we'll make, we'll shorten that time, but uh, we'll see y'all next time. Go who's go who's. <laughs>